Ron and Anian. Where are we going? What are we doing? The Warwick Drive-In Theater for a... Uh, the cruise for Critters and our uh, affiliate up in Warwick, WTVQ. It should be fun. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to put you on display. Um, phew, hope everybody's wearing dark sunglasses. Doctor. Wait till the first car comes in that you're working on that has no fuel pressure, and you get to driving it in on propane. You'll be like, oh, thank God. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at the helm today. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number, that is. And you can call 855-560-9900. We are live in studio today, unfortunately. Tom changed his mind and didn't take me out on my date. We're not at the drive-in. I'm, yeah, I'm real disappointed because I was hoping to go see, you know, close for the season and see you next summer. Well, now, now you're going to see See Ya, Not There. Um, new movie. Uh, what happened? Well, well, uh, little, little, behind, little dirty behind-the-scenes secret is we tend to live on the Internet, and that's how we get our the show over to the satellite uplink so all our stations can carry it. And when I showed up this morning, there was no Internet. Uh, and we tested it last week, and it worked like a champ. So yeah. the phone company had a... Um, must have had an issue, but it was too close to call, so we came back to the studio. So technology kind of brings us back to square one. Yep. It's sort of like it makes you wonder when, when all the cars are dependent upon the Internet. And I, I think about this. You know, you get into these self-driving cars and communication between cars. What's going to happen when cars, you know, approaching the intersection and it sees through the – there's that car there and there's that car there. And all of a sudden there's a glitch. How many collisions are there going to be? And we can't that we can't you can't depend on technology. If you could, we wouldn't be in studio today. Well, which is why you know we had talked about hotspots and such out there. And um, if if we did this on one of our local affiliates, just that local affiliate, I'd trust it on a hotspot, but yeah, not yeah. when you have a hundred stations on the other end of the pipe. It yeah, just doesn't just, work that way. You just can't. So here we are in studio at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. And um, we are ready to go and talk to you about your car. But before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about my car. And the things that can go wrong when you least expect it. And that's that's the stuff you've got to be aware of. So the Suburban broke this week. And uh, it was a, you know, unexpected, I guess it's never really expected, 60,253 miles on it now. It's, uh, let's see, 2004. It's coming up. It's, a little, it's past 15 years old. And it... it <laughs> Driving down one of the roads, here we were heading into town to get some ice cream. It was ice cream night. Every night should be ice cream night. And we were going to Angela's for strawberry and gummy bears. And I'll tell you a story about gummy bears, too, later. And driving down, and you hear, you know, and I had the window open. It was sort of like half bearable here in the Northeast on Thursday night. You could sort of like, it was okay to hang your arm out the window and just, you know, tool along and talk with your family and laugh. And I heard... Boing. And I went, huh? Wow, what the heck was that? And it was this most horrible, like something fell off the truck. And then all of a sudden the noise went away and we just 
motored along and did our thing like everything was good. Hmm. Well, the the, the bad part was the next morning I had to go to Newark Airport um, for for a drop off, and I said, you know, I'm not going to take the bus. I'm going to take the baby bus. I'll take the small car. And I did, and I, I thought about it and thought about it. I said, am I being overly cautious? I didn't feel anything. I, You know what? I took the Suburban, the bus, as we call it in the family. I took it to the shop, and uh, you know, we put it up in the air and see what's going on here. I guess it's bad when the left front wheel rocks side to side, uh, you know, probably three-quarters of an inch in every direction because the ball bearings for the wheel bearing had fallen out. And um, I guess it was time. And the point of this becomes that, yeah, you know what? New or old, low mileage or high mileage, anything can fail at any time. And that's really what you've, you know, what you've got to be aware of. And that's what you've got to pay attention to and expect. You've got to sort of expect the unexpected. And there's really nothing you can do about it. But it also demonstrates the point that, you know, the value in my mind that when you're doing service, when you're doing an oil change, uh, it, it, it does pay. Now, Suburban hasn't been in for an oil change. It's coming up on month four, so it'll be due. Uh, it'll be due at the end of this month, beginning of next. And you know, r- rocking the front suspension, you know, loading the front suspension, feeling the linkage, looking the vehicle over, looking at tires. You know, going back to old school maintenance. And w- w- would I have caught the wheel bearing failure? I don't know. I I think it just failed. I think it went from good to bad is what I think happened. I think it just it was okay up until that minute, and the bearing just sort of decided and twang, and out it popped. The ball bearing started falling out of it. But it does demonstrate to me the need for general maintenance is just it's still there, and it's still just as important. I think we've become, I'm going to say, a little lazy in the way we approach car maintenance sometimes that um, we're still not, we're, we're, we're stopping to look at things and accept the fact that, hey, it's 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 not mechanical, but it is, and we've got to watch that car ever so often. So, well, we'll get some wheel bearings in it this week, and um, we'll get it back out on the road and drive it for another sixty thousand miles. It might take me fifteen years, but you know, and away we go. Let's uh, let's kick the garage doors open. Let's go over to Lee in Maine, two thousand Camry, and uh, some issues here. Hey, Lee, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Well, hello. How are you? I'm very good. How can I help you today? Well, I I called you what about a month ago in in regards to the 2006 Camry okay uh, V6 and you told me to ha- take it to my mechanic and to have it, the basics done and he did uh, you know the car was um, pulling as if uh, I w- it, uh, it would go into gear like maybe two or three times. Was and, was uh, was so this the car? Was this the car that check engine light was on? No, no light. Okay. No light at all, and uh, but it just kept. It does the hiccup, you know. It, it uh, I can feel it when it goes into gear. I I put it in drive and drive off, and it goes into gear, and then it'll hiccup along the way. And so I, he scanned it. He checked everything, the fuels, the coils. He scanned it. He said the sensors were okay, no reading. Um, uh, so he's, he's baffled, I, I would say. Is it? Is it? And, and I'm getting a sense what you're saying, and I'm kind of recalling our conversation from a month ago, that this is the car, it's, it's basically misfiring. The engine isn't running smooth, correct? It is not running smooth. Okay. You, that's right. Okay. And, you know, is he, is he able to capture that, that roughness when the scan tool is hooked up, or is this an intermittent fault? He, he said he couldn't see anything when he's... Well, but can he, 
can he duplicate the condition? Does he feel the roughness or, or the misfire, or is it something only you have experienced to date? Well, no, I, from what I gathered, because I asked him, did you take for a drive? He said, yes. And uh, he said, I don't know what's doing that, so I'm assuming he did. Okay. So he just may not have the skills, to be honest with you, to diagnose and repair this. Now, let me ask you, now, are there different kinds of scanning um, tools? Is one better than the other, where he, maybe that, what he's using is not showing what's wrong? You know, Lee, there's, there's, there's two languages that cars speak. There's OBD2, which is basic emission control language, and then there's manufacturer-specific, which is manufacturer-specific. So if it's a Toyota, the car is going to speak OBD2, and the car is going to speak Toyota in that sense. Uh, every scan tool on the marketplace that does both languages are, 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 are good tools. I'll say it like that. All right? it's, the tool is only as good, though, as in the hands of the operator. Now, now, you know, there is one thing above and beyond that will help define and help point the mechanic towards a problem before it happens, and that's, that's understanding of something called Mode 6, M-O-D-E 6. Mode 6 is the, the – there are different modes in OBD2. OBD2 is defined by the Federal Clean Air Act uh, by the government of uh, different modes, mode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, mode 6, 7, 8, and up to 9, and I think, I think there's 10 or 11 um, on the newer things. But uh, we use mode 6 for our intensive purposes, um, that mode 6 is the, is the point at which the computer is testing things, and it's storing the information and then deciding, was it good or bad? Did you ever get a head cold? Yeah. All right. You ever, you ever been okay on Monday, but you didn't feel great, and Tuesday you kind of got the sniffles, and by Wednesday that's you right. were six? Yes. All right. So so that's your mode six. Your your brain's going, eh, I don't feel so good. Tuesday, eh, I feel worse. And Wednesday, I'm sick. All right? Com computer does the same thing. It tests all its components for every second of every minute of every moment that you're driving it. And it's storing that information. And the place that it's stored is in a section of the computer programming called Mode 6. Okay. And, and in the hands of the right mechanic with a proper scan tool, you can go and look at Mode 6 data. It's, it's, it's the behind-the-scenes peak. And you can see, hey, this test for misfire can't exceed num number 2 or, or, or 10,000 or 500 or whatever the number is. And if it's 500 and you see 499, here, let me ask the question to you this way. If Mode 6 test data for misfire, uh, is they say that the code is going to set when it hits 500 faults, mm -hmm. if it's at 499, is the car going to set a fault? No. Yeah. No, it won't. It's, oh. a, it's at 499. As soon as it hits 500 oh, faults, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah right, you, right. you get it? So as soon, yeah. as, it hits, as soon as it hits, as soon as you wake up Tuesday morning, your, your body's kind of like, well, I'm sort of sick, but I'm not. On Wednesday, you got the aches, chills, and pains. Bingo, you just hit the 500 mm -hmm. mark. You're got sick. Yeah. All right? Same thing yeah. with the car. The car goes, hey, now I've got a misfire. That, that, that mode 6 uh, number of 499 on cylinder number 4 went to 500. Bingo, misfire, cylinder, cylinder number 4. So, you know. So I would tell him to check for mode 6? Well, you want to ask him, does his scan tool, does he have the capability and, and the, the, does his scan tool have the ability to go in and look and define and decipher mode 6 language? Do this, because I'm going I'm to run. I've got to run up against the clock. Okay. Go, go Google search mode 6. 
Mode 6, okay. You know what? There's a lot of videos on YouTube, um, guys explaining what Mode 6 language is, and it's, some of it's going to be over your head, but you'll get the basic idea that it lets you go and look at the behind-the-scenes operation and the decision-making of the computer to determine whether or not that vehicle has a fault. And if that doesn't get your mechanic to understand it, we've got to get to another mechanic. We've got to get somebody okay. else to look at this. All right, darling? I'll do that. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. Back. Little red Corvette or a Yugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor, 855 560 9900. Now, back to Ron. Now it's your turn. Now, thank you. I just wonder who's going to talk first there. I know we're, we're, we're at a kilter. You know, we're missing somebody over there. I noticed that uh, um, Anthony is with, isn't with us today. I guess his, um, the trains were cockeyed or something today. And um, maybe, you know what? Oh, you know, wait a minute. You know what happened to Tony? What happened uh -oh. to Tony? <laughs> We forgot to tell him we're not in Warwick. Tony's in Warwick ah, looking heck. for us. And, and he's enjoying all the food at the food trucks. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, we probably should go pick him up afterwards. We, we forgot about Tony. Tony's up at the Warwick driving where we're supposed to be. but um, That's okay. He can tell us what happens in the movie closed for the season. You know, he's awful big. He's going to be awful upset. <laughs> well, you know what? You're the one who was supposed to pick him up, so it's uh, not my problem. Not my fault. I'm talent. Talent never has to worry about these things. Let's go over and talk to Steve in Virginia. Steve, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How are you? Uh, hi, Ron. Talk to you before. Yes, sir. Uh, 2013 uh, Honda Civic LX with 106,000 miles. And my problem is sort of a generic one. Seems like the Honda dealers or dealers that I experience want to under-maintain. I said to them, gee, isn't it time to uh, do another radiator flush, which I've done several, but also change the radiator hoses and the thermostat? And they go, oh, no, no, Swetsky, uh, you don't need it. We do our multi-point inspection, which is free after a service, but I know the kind of inspection you do is an hour and a charge for an hour, which is how it should be. So... You know, this kind of thing really worries me. I'm almost thinking I'm going to have to visit you and have you give the car a look over. <laughs> Anytime, Steve. You know, it's always a pleasure to see you. You know, I, I, I know what you're talking about, and it's funny. With all the recalls going on uh, by the various manufacturers, we'll see these checklist reports come in from, you know, Honda dealer A and then Honda dealer B. And then Honda dealer B will be the one selling hoses, thermostats, coolant service, on cars with 45,000 miles on them, but Honda dealer uh, A or the other one will be the one that's not selling anything and the car's got 200,000 miles on it. it. It seems that it is dealer selective in how they do it and how they approach it. And it still comes back to good old-fashioned common horse sense. How many miles are on the car? How's it being driven? And did you physically look at it? Uh, the littlest Anian was home this week with her escape. It was uh, time for some, some service and an oil change and, and, and so forth. And it's been 18,000 miles since I did filter service to it. And I said, ah, you know, it's a little early, but we are going into fall and winter, and it will probably be March before she makes it back here, back east. And um, let me just take a peek at it and see what it is. I couldn't believe the amount of leaves and debris that were packed into this air filter housing. And, you know, she's in Pittsburgh. Uh, she's in the Pittsburgh area. So it's, it's you know, wow. Um, you know, so, it, again, it's common sense. Let's just look at it and see what needs to be done. I don't understand 
why we're so afraid to take care of and maintain a car. And, you know, it's, it seems to be more convenient to throw the car away, and that's more of what people are trying to do. Just throw it away. We'll just go get another one. And um, I, don't, I don't know if that works anymore. Look how, look how far your last car went, Steve. How many miles did the last one have Three, on it? 300,600. 300, right. And why but did you I, get rid of it? But, well, the last hundred, it was a lot of parts. I, I made it that far kind of for the heck of it. Right. Uh, and, and when it was in good shape when I got rid of it, I, uh, the dealer, a, a used car dealer, sold it for 1999 I got 1300 which right. I'm very happy with. And I don't know what where the status of it today is. I'd like to know. If it's around, it's, it's pushing 400000 Right. Yeah. Either that or either that or mysteriously it's pushing a hundred thousand because maybe the speedometer got changed. Oops. Um, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I have another observation, a little unrelated, if I sure. if you have a second. Yeah, go ahead, real the quick. Self, I got a minute. The self driving cars, I want to say this to the audience. You know you know how so how places like Virginia have ridiculously low speed limits in town by twenty five and you're creeping along. I'm gonna tell you what, if I can use this word on the radio, uh Self-driving cars, when they drive themselves, are going to give you a sucky driving experience. And that's what the powers that be want. They want all of us out of cars and onto public transit. And when it's no fun driving, people are going to say, the heck with it. I might as well take the bus. It, we were at a dinner last night, and uh, one, of the, one of the people that was with us, it was, a, it, was a, it was a group, and there were some young, some older, some elders, and I, I'm, I'm learning to, I guess I'm getting older and wiser or tired, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm learning to listen to the kids talk. And they were, one of the things they were discussing was how neat it was that they have backup cameras in cars because it saves their neck so they don't have to look around to see what's behind them. And I listened for a little while and I couldn't help but point out, you know, when Uncle Steve was 19, I told him, I said, and he was the great World War II fighter pilot of the Inanian family, he said the most important part on a pilot was his neck so he could look behind him to see who was on a six. And that, uh, that's what kept them safe and got them through the war so i think we're forgetting that sometimes we got to look at our six and stay safe steve you take good care i'm running anning the car doctor we'll be back right after this when the family car needs some fixing there's only two things that really matter getting the right part and getting some good advice it's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Welcome back. We're on the name of the car doctor. Um, Tom, you ever hear of Super Cruise? Mm, no, but do they have a... Um do they have an outfit like Superman? Well, no. It's um, Super Cruise. Is, uh, let's see, I'm reading an article here, Chicago Tribune. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. This comes to us from Officer Tony out in Chicago about a Cadillac CT6 equipped with Super Cruise, which is a semi-autonomous system uh, for self, sort of like self-driving cars. You can kind of sit back and... Really? Yeah. Well, we're going to read it. Chicago Tribune. It's a little old. I've been, I'm a little behind. Um, it's from uh, August, early last month. I'm just, I'm behind. I got a pile of paperwork in here. I never get anything done. Let's go over and talk to Lila in Wisconsin. Let's let let's get something done here. Talk to her about her tire problems. Yes, ma'am. You're on with the car doctor. How can I help? Okay. Um, 
I had purchased four tires back in 2015. <coughs> Short, uh, about a month, or no, uh, well, let's see, uh, probably about six, a month and a half later, um, no, a year and a half later. Garbage on the road, I had no choice but to drive through it. Shortly after that, maybe 10, 15 miles, all of a sudden, the whoomp, 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 I had a flat tire. Right. Well, I, okay, it, it was just like I would assume any tire. It just started making the noise very calmly. Okay, I am 78, and I have a car accident where I uh, crushed a disc in my lower back and injured my spinal cord, so I can't walk, but oh, I can drive. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's all right. Anyway, so... I had a the flat tire. I didn't know what to do. I knew 10 miles up the road about was a garage. So I drove there, got there. They were wonderful. Fixed the I mean, they didn't fix it. They took the tire off. And then I went to my garage that I do everything with. I'm very loyal to them. They're very good to me. So they, they said, well, because I drove on the tire, the, the sidewall was bad, you know, had to replace the whole tire. Uh, there was only 7,000 miles or 7,126 miles on the tire. Okay. So we put another tire just like that on. Drove that until last week, Friday. I was driving uh, with some people in the car, and all of a sudden it went like a scream. It just terrified me. And then it was like a freight train or a tornado noise and howling. And, well, of course, I put my blinker on and pulled over, and sure enough, another flat tire. <sighs> take, then, a take a breath. Go ahead. You, you okay? <laughs> okay. No, so, so, go ahead. Well, anyway, Good Samaritan came along. AAA, I waited two and a half hours. They didn't have anybody there yet. So, so Good Samaritan came and helped me out, got it changed in 10 minutes. <clears throat> Took it into my garage, and... They showed me the tire. It looked like a puncture, like maybe a screwdriver or a nail or something was in it. But they said the tire could not put a plug in it because the whole sidewall was out again. You must have driven it a ways. I said, no, I did not. I pulled over immediately because of my last experience. Right. And so he says, well, you've got to replace the whole tire. So now on my car... I have two car, two tires with 20,000 miles on, one tire with 13,000 miles on, and then they want to put a new tire on. And somehow that, to me, seems like I'm walking with a flat shoe and a high heel. And doing some investigation on the Internet, it said that's not good to have different kind of tires on. Does it injure other things in your engine or your drivetrain or anything. That's what, one question. What kind of car is this? Uh, 2005 Chrysler Town & Country van. Uh, just front-wheel drive? I believe so. Yeah. Um, it's not as critical as it would be if it were an all-wheel drive or some very specific Jeep and Subaru product. Uh, okay. You know, it, it, it really comes down to more than just mileage. What is the tread depth? I've 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 had cars that have 25,000 miles on a set of tires and they're bald to the tread and I've had cars with 50,000 miles on them and it's got two-thirds of the way to go. 
So, you know, not so much, you know, actual mileage. I mean, I like the, I really like the way you're thinking, and that's very clear and precise. But it would be, let's measure the tread depth, and, you know, let's see, is, is this one 730 seconds and that one 630 seconds in terms of depth? That's not a problem. If there's greater than a 230-second tread depth between the tires, then on certain cars that can become an issue. Now, more important or just as important, are the three or four tires that are on here, are we all the same brand and model number, or are we starting to mix and match everything, um, you know, different? Mm-hmm. Well, the three that were on, the one that they replaced with the first blowout, that, I believe, was a tire of the same brand, the same kind and everything. Okay. Now, now when we were going, he says, well, we can get you a new tire, but they don't make that tire anymore. So we'll get one that'll be close to it. And then I question, well, do you think, oh, that'll be all right. But I guess that just didn't feel right to me. Um, so then he, he says, well, we can put on two new tires, and that way you'll have two and two. Or he said we can replace all four. And I think he said the depth on the tires, two of them were at seven and one was at ten. Does that make sense? Yes. I think that. Yes, the, the 1030 second was the newer tire. There's more tread right. depth there. And the 730 second were the older two tires. Right. And those actually, he said, well, actually, these are very good, and other people did too. But... I don't know. I mean, after my accident and stuff like this, I don't fool around with my car. I keep it up to date. So my my deal was, do I buy one tire, do I buy two tires, or do I replace all four? What would be your opinion? Um, the first question I would ask is, and, and don't take this wrong, but would four tires break the bank? What is it compared to your to your life? Well, right. That's, that's what and, I put and it and in. But no, I could. I I could uh, afford. Now, four, you know, if, yeah. if 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 you can afford the four tires, because there's two things going on here, Lila. Right. All right. One is one is you know keeping the car in top shape. Two is actually three things: overspending, but three and most important, your peace of mind. All right. It it sounds like you know you're 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 a senior you're a senior woman you're on the road all hours of the day and night maybe maybe you're out after eight nine o'clock at night sometime you want to cut down and minimize the potential problem with a tire as best you can and okay. if it's if it's because you, you, you at least have to do two tires here all right. right you've at least got to do two so having at least to do two you know what. Treat yourself. Life's too short. Buy the other two tires. You'll have peace of mind. And then it's in the hands of the big guy upstairs. You did everything you could reasonably do to keep your, yourself safe on the road with good tires. And, you know, and after that, it's, it's up to the universe. Um, uh, and, and then at least you've got four tires, same model, same brand, same tread depth. And, you know, you want to throw the other two tires in the garage, or maybe you go back to your regular mechanic and he'll store two tires for you in the event that you get another flat, or, you know, I, I can't imagine right. your luck continuing like this. Sooner or later, it's got to change. If it does buy a lottery ticket for me, I'll split it with you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, 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 we'll kind of take it from there. But, yeah, that's, that's how I would play it. I would, I'm like you. I like four of the same. And, you know, it's, it, it's just one okay. Two, I put two of this, you know, 
Um, yeah, I I kind of get to that, and then obviously we want to you know make sure we're using a good quality, a good brand of tire, um, you know, and being very cautious about the offshore tires, the Chinese tires that are being imported into the country, um, you know, and not and not right, purchasing anything right. there. So, well, um, I okay, I'm glad to hear that because that's what I did, and I know I'll get some flack from some of my relatives uh, because they I know they'll say you could have just put two or one. But is Uniroyal a good tire? Uniroyal's been around forever. Um, they're, they have limited distribution. You know, it's funny. I don't see Uniroyal as much here in the Northeast, but I, I see them. I see more of them in the Midwest and in California on the West Coast. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's a good tire. We used to use, we used to use Uniroyal uh, quite a bit back in the, in the, in the late 80s and in the, in the mid-90s. Um, and then, you know, it was like sporadic in my career. I can remember putting Uniroyal, Uniroyal Tiger Paws, right? There's a, there's a model mm-hmm. tire. Everybody's going to go, wow, I remember Tiger Paws. Um, you know, and then they kind of disappeared, and then they came back again. But, yeah, you're fine. Uniroyal's a good tire. Okay. Um, yep, you'll be fine. Yep, that's, and I did the four because I just thought I was going to do two, and I went home, and I thought, no, I'm, as you say, I'm going to always wonder when is that other one going to go, and then, then there I sit again. In the same predicament, the right. way I've got four. And, and, well, and, thank you. And, and you tell your relatives, mind your own business. It's my money. Go away. <laughs> All right. Thank uh, you. Thank right. you very much. You're very you welcome, sweetheart. Day, you do too. You have a good rest of the weekend. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I can't stand noisy, noisy, nosy relatives. Tom, I really can't. These relatives, I think they know best in life. Get out. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming back right after. Welcome back. Ron and the car doctor. Um, interesting article, Chicago Tribune, out of uh, titled Rides by David McGrath. Um, this goes back early August, courtesy of uh, Officer Anthony from uh, Chicago. Um, story about a um, the, the writer writes, he talks about, I purchased a Cadillac CT6 equipped with Super Cruise, which is a semi-autonomous driving system. And um, he took a 1,200-mile trip from Florida to Chicago, and he, he documented it for his column. He's a newspaper columnist. Uh, day one, Port Charlotte, Florida, Forsyth, Georgia, 447 miles. Cadillac Super Cruise system uses GPS sensors, map data, and laser sensors that work like radar to steer control speed and maintain lane position. I activated at 78 miles an hour, Interstate 75, and then pushed the SC button. Eight-inch-long light bar inside the top of the steering wheel at eye level immediately turned green. That signals the driver... That may let go since lane lines were visible and the route recognized as a segment of the 130,000 130, miles precision mapped by Cadillac. I mean, this sounds like something out of out of Star Trek, right? Uh, for the next two hours, I enjoyed a passenger's ease enjoying the scenery and physically feeling the decision-making of the system's artificial intelligence, which seemed an invisible human presence. A tiny infrared camera on the steering column watched my eyes, even through sunglasses, had I looked away too long or started to nod off, it would alert me in a series of escalating warnings, starting with blinking lights, a vibrating seat, and ultimately chimes. So it sort of sounds like that when the system's activated, semi-autonomous Super Cruise and uh, late model Cadillac CTS, when the system is activated, are, are you a prisoner to the system <laughs> that you have to, you know, what if you want to take a nap? And I guess you can't, so it, it's semi-autonomous, I guess. That's the, that's the whole purpose. But, um, you know, at, at 78 miles an hour, at 78 miles an hour, on, on an interstate, 
Things happen in the blink of an eye. That's 80 miles an hour. Did he say that right? Yeah, I activated it at 78 miles an hour. By the way, isn't that speeding? Um, what's the speed limit on Interstate 75? We should go look that up, but I, I, I still... Uh, that doesn't sound right. That's almost whereabouts eight. on Interstate 75. Well, it says here he's going from uh, Port Charlotte, Florida, to Forsyth, Georgia. And the speed limit—you said he was going 78. 78. I'll check that. It, it, it's very, very well could be 75 or 80 down there. Yeah, um, but still, I don't know that I—I I, I like that. But he talks about how uh, you know he had a positive experience. Um, um, on previous trips, always around dinner time, I was tired and stiff, but today I felt fresh with none of the usual eye strain or backache. I checked into my hotel in Georgia. Of course, I'd like to find out what other kind of car he was driving the last time he took that trip. You know, if it was a Hyundai and now he's driving a Cadillac, there's a reason why he feels better. Day two, Forsyth, Georgia to Kentucky in a traffic jam north of Atlanta. The Super Cruise handled the steering, stopping, and speed control throughout a 15-minute, 0 to 20-mile-an-hour crawl. No hands, no feet, no rising blood pressure. And I would look down for several seconds to find lip balm, switch radio stations, and scribble in my notebook. My co-pilot kept the Cadillac on track. This was true later in a rain squall that blurred the lanes and prompted other drivers to pull over or flash the blinker. Super Cruise kept on. But in bad weather, and, you know, are, are we really at a stage where I need to drive the car like a pilot flying a plane on instruments? Is it, is it that important that we're going to push the envelope? to count on the system to see through the rain and 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 and, and bad weather conditions uh, i i don't i don't buy that i i because one mistake one glitch one unexpected piece of weather in the road a tree falling something i've got to uh, you know maybe it's ego you know maybe a lot of this self-driving stuff is ego They're, you know us humans we can control it better than the machine but um you know you just it's it's got to be a very different kind of feeling. You had a quick comment, Tom? I don't know. Coming over here, uh, yeah. After we had to abort the uh, remote broadcast, I was driving over here to the studio, and uh, a guy came out, didn't look my way, looked the other way, and just pulled right out into the lane. Um, if it could stop in that at, in in that instance, I'd say, hey, let's go for it. But you know, I saw him. Well, and now, I hit the brakes. Now, would it stop? Would it anticipate? You know, your brain anticipates what he's about to do, and you react to it. Would the system anticipate that, and would it apply the brake, or would it jerk the wheel to the left to avoid the guy? See, that's what I want to know. Can it? Yeah. Can it? And can if, it, it if it jerks the wheel to the left, is it aware of the car over there? Right, and and that's what I haven't seen yet, and that's why I'm, you know, again, we lost internet at the Warwick Driving, which is why we're in studio today. Technology fails. Yes, at it its, does. At its simplest levels. <laughs> this and, is not so speak, simple. And speaking of your previous question, uh, in Florida, the uh, I-75 uh, speed limit is 70 miles an hour. Oh, so it's 8 miles an hour over the limit. I don't understand that at all. Okay, we're advertising it. Um, anyway, let's pull over and take a pause. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor will be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and the infamous... Always there, steady as a rock, often imitated, never duplicated, no baloney, not a phony, Thomas Ray. I've been trying to find Tony. He's not answering. Um, I'm telling you, I'm thinking, he's, I'm thinking he's stuck under a food truck. He must have, he must have burritoed out or something. <laughs> <laughs> he must have over-burritoed. Um, you know what it is? He's probably practicing for tomorrow when, he, uh, when the Giants take the field and the season starts. 
and um, he's expanding his mind, his knowledge, and um, his stomach so he can enjoy the football game in proper, true fashion. Yeah, so, would not surprise me. Yeah, it would not surprise me. So, but anyway, we are we are uh, uh, quick hour. Um, where did it go? Uh, but that story about Super Cruise, this story about Tony, and for the folks up in Warwick, we're sorry, but technology is technology, and we apologize once again for that. Um, but in any event, um, just as a reminder, I've enjoyed this hour together with each and every one of you, and I am Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor, reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you. See you.